Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Coming off the big Thanksgiving weekend here with my co-host, Coach Mayachi. Coach, what's going on? How are we doing? Did you get a big feeding in with the family or what? Oh, Brian, it was a great time. A lot of, lot of family over, a lot of food, a lot of food. Time for me to, to get back on track here. I think uh, the train went off the tracks, but I think that's one thing we always emphasize to our athletes is you know, 80% of the time, if you're eating clean and eating good foods for high performance, you still got to have that 20%. And I think I was a little bit opposite there on Thanksgiving Day, but I'm going to get back to normal and, and just really grateful for all the people, you know, in the family, those great conversations, the great food, and so many good things that occur with Thanksgiving. I really like the holiday so much more. I guess I understand it a lot better than when I was in high school right. or even college, how important that family is. And it's one thing we preach as coaches. We want a family atmosphere. I know you're the same way at Sports Advantage and just an awesome opportunity to have great conversation and just really enjoy and be in the present. Dog, what's, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Not everybody likes turkey and ham, but what's your favorite side? You know, we do something unique, and we've we just been starting this probably the last three or four years, Brian, is mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Mac and cheese. I just I just love it. We get it on Sam's Club. For those yep. people that have a Sam's Club near them, that um, they, they make it up for you. We just get two great big platters full of that, and it's just awesome. I really enjoy it. How about you? Well, my uh, – my, uh brother's wife christy makes this incredible corn dish it's just it's like a cheesy corn it's it's ridiculous it's like it, it's gone every year it's fantastic so we, we we did the uh out to eat this year for thanksgiving and i will never do that again that was just not it was a it was a nice time great to spend time with family but again like i think my my boys we came home we you know we go to we go to my brother's on wednesday uh, every year we stopped. It was great. We stopped and saw Travis Frederick. It was great to see him. Spent about an hour at his house with his family on the way there. He lives in Sharon. And, uh, you know, we hang out at my brother's house on Wednesdays. It's always a good time watching basketball, watch the Badger game. You know, obviously the Badgers beat SMU. Great game. And then uh, typically we do Thanksgiving there. Well, you know, we went out for, for like a late lunch. And, of course, you get home and the first thing, you know, Cam Bott is like, Dad. We don't have any leftovers, you know <laughs> what I mean. So I think, I think more than just a meal, not having that fridge full of stuff that you can go in and pick away at and and things like that is. But I think being with family is is always a, a very important time, and you know, very grateful for the opportunities that my family has to be able to be with family and and do that other stuff. So, but we got a Q and A, Dino um, Q and A here. We got some good questions, but want to remind everybody. Make sure you're sharing the show, please. Uh, share it with friends. Share it with coworkers. Uh, put it out on Twitter. Put it out or X or put it on Instagram, whatever. If there's a message. Please share it. We're trying to share it more on our different platforms and things like that. So please share the show uh, so the message gets out. And all of you that are doing that, we truly appreciate it. But want to hit this Q and A? Uh, we got Let's three really good. We got three really good questions, and one is the first one is obviously on food. Um, so we'll, we'll hit this one quick. What's the best way to educate athletes on changing their eating habits? And I think Dean, this probably comes from a, a scenario of, of an athlete, maybe that 
you know, has gone through a season, maybe he's dialed in, she's dialed in and wants to really attack their eating habits. So what are some things you guys do, you know, for athletes that really want to change their best when they come to the dinner table? Well, first of all, I think it's an excellent question. So we'll keep those questions coming in for our viewers, you know, make sure you message us, get those questions in. It's awesome. I think it's a, a big thing right away. If the athlete comes to you, you know that there's a possibility that they're going to make some changes. And I think that is, that is crucial because, you know, in their phone, they can Google and they all have had health classes. They all know what good food is. The thing is, how do they understand how it's going to affect their performance? And how I always do it is um, I had a situation where I was in college and I was, and I was working out and, um, I was working out with a friend of mine that was an all natural bodybuilder and that athlete and I would work out and I prided myself in outworking him in the weight room. And the difference was he was getting better results than I was. And I, and I thought I had pretty good genetics. I was a naturally strong person for never lifting weights. And when I got into lifting weights, I got strong but this guy was stronger than I, and I couldn't figure it out because I'm busting my tail and I'm trying harder than him. And he's kind of coaching me. He's taking me under his wing. And finally, one day I just said, Hey, what's going on? You know, how come you're stronger than I am? I feel like I'm out working. And he goes, I told you it's your diet. It's your nutrition. He goes, I see what you eat. And I, I just ate whatever. I was a hard gainer. Brian, so it was one of those situations. I ate everything and anything in sight, whatever was there. And it was pizza all the time. And it was it was wings and it was chips and it was ice cream. I, whatever that was in front of me, I was just consuming. And he said, hey, I know you're probably not going to do this. But he said, I'll tell you what. He said, just listen to me and I'm going to tell you how to eat. And if you make some changes you're going to start seeing results. And I just said, the light bulb went on, the aha moment went on. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. He said, just give me a week. Just eat eat clean for a week and eat a ton of what I tell you to do. So obviously it was, you know, chicken breasts and it was obviously meat and you, you had the rice and, you know, all the fruits and vegetables, everything that I knew. But it just was a situation that, I need reassuring that this isn't going to waste my time, that it's actually going to make a big difference. And that was the deal. My stubbornness just finally, I get frustrated. I started eating well. And I remember him. He said, just, you're not going to just be able to flip and go cold turkey and just start eating perfect. So he said, I want you, if you want to have a pizza, you eat pizza, but I want you to have some more rice. I want you to eat more chicken breast. I want you to, you know, add more fruits and vegetables and up your protein intake. And I I did. And I'm kind of an all or none guy. You know, Brian, when we tend to do something, it's all out. Yeah. <laughs> and I started to just the first day and I started to kind of go back to, you know, having some chips and having, you know, having some of the stuff that isn't the best for you and some candy and stuff like that. And after the second day, I said, heck, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it right. I am going to be regimented and I'm going to do this right. Cause I really want to know if it's going to make a big difference. And I'll tell you, 
Brian, I just, I just got incredibly strong yeah. and everything. I was, I was getting a little bit better sleep. I was more fired up to work out because I wanted to see this work out. Right. To see what is going to, so it was a great motivator for me. And I just remember that I have that conversation with kids. I will get you the material, the education piece and what you need. And I'll give those kids a handout. But I always say, you have to make sure you individualize it to you. So a lot of times you see something and it says, hey, you got to eat this vegetable. And there's no way you're going to eat that vegetable because you don't like it or this fruit or or this. So I always say you got to customize this and pick the foods that is going to be realistic and something that you can sustain and just start making some little bit of changes. And that seems to be the ticket. I know most people aren't wired like you and I, that they can just go cold turkey and just go from eating junk to just super strict. Most people aren't like that because it's right. a habit that we develop. So I say just make some little baby changes and just build on that momentum. And then maybe in two weeks now, you're in a situation where you're eating really clean. Right. And you're eating the way you should. You're eating like a nutritionist and you're training like a champion. And that seems to be the other thing. The other one I always ask Brian is what is your goal? I'll tell the athlete, what's your goal? So why do you want to eat better? Well, I want to gain more lean muscle mass. I want to lose maybe some body fat. So that gives me an indicator right there that they got a why. There's a reason why they want to change your eating habits. And most of it in my setting, Brian, and probably a lot in yours too, they want to increase their body weight. Right. They want to increase their lean muscle mass. And so in order to do that, I always tell kids, don't just pile it on a bunch of weight real fast because then you're going to put on bad weight. Bad weight's going to slow you down. And what we're trying to do is get you to move better and we want good weight. So in order to do that, we always educate 0.5 pounds to a pound a week is more than enough. Now, obviously, if a kid has a growth spurt, hey, they might be able to put a little bit on. Hey, I heard the thing today coming back from Thanksgiving. I think I gained four pounds. Well, we know two-thirds of the body is water. 75% of the muscle is water. So we know that's going to make a big difference right off the bat. But if you can consistently in the morning weigh yourself and consistently do that and you start going up, here, hey, say you got four weeks before Christmas, right there. If you put four pounds of muscle on, that's going to make a big difference if it's lean muscle mass. Well, and I think too, you know, making changes in both directions, right? You know, for most people, like for me, it's like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like when I decided to do like some sort of diet or some sort of, you know, whatever, change some things, I, I just do it the next day. You know what I mean? Because I've just I've I've got that much discipline in my life that I can do that. Most people, like you said, aren't wired that way. So one of the things we educate kids on is is add something, remove something. So what's one what's one thing, you know, what's one vice or one thing that you feel like you can remove that's hampering your nutrition? And what's one thing that you want to add? So just to get rid of one thing, add one thing. So if it's you know, eating more fruits and eating like three vegetables a day or three fruits a day, add that. You know what I mean? And if it's, I eat ice cream at night, eliminate that. Just one thing. 
for a week and then it becomes a habit and then you're used to it. And then you start looking at, okay, let's get a little greedier. What's something else I want to add and what's something else I want to get rid of, you know? And I think the other thing that we, you know, talk about a lot with nutrition is hydration and the importance of drinking water, the importance of drinking a lot of water for an athlete and, and making sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we won't we won't talk about what we're doing right now. Tony will get Tony will get mad at us, so we're not gonna we're gonna talk about what you and I are doing with water. But um, yeah, for those of you too on a nutrition, go back and listen to Tony Castillo's podcast. We dropped I think it was like episode one thirty two or something like that. It, it, it's back there, but that for a nutritional podcast, that that's as good as it gets. Um, but the hydration part is so important because we know that dehydrated athletes you start to crave, you know, simple sugars, um, sugary foods things like that. So then you make bad choices. So at the end of the day, you know, you know, hydration again, plays such a huge role. And then the last thing, like you said, is, you know, 80, 20. Um, and at the end of the day, like if you're a high school student, you still got to enjoy yourself. Um, you know, and, and every now and then have a pizza, go to Culver's, go to Dairy Queen. Um, but it can't be 2080. That's for sure. Um, and so when you're, when you're doing that, Make sure that you have you're just you're just conscious of what you're putting in your mouth. Again, you can't out-train a bad diet. You you just can't do it. And so that's something that athletes need to remember. And the last thing is a lot of times we see people want to make, you know, changes in, in what they're doing because of how they how they look, you know, their appearance. What you put in your mouth um has just as much of an effect on your appearance, even more than if you train. You could be lifting six days a week. If you're eating garbage, you're gonna carry excess body fat. If you're eating a clean diet, you're going to start to lose that body fat and carry lean muscle mass, and you're going to look more athletic, um, and you're going to feel more athletic. Like you said, you're going to sleep better um, and all those other things. So, you know, everybody's different, but at the end of the day, athletes, coaches, coaches too, you know, Dean, right? Coaches, you guys got to take care of yourselves. You know, we're the, we're the biggest violators of bad nutrition, right? Energy drinks up the wazoo, coffee all the time. Um, you know, eating late at night, you know, things like that, um, alcohol, you know, all those things, you know, be conscious of all that stuff. I know this, like, you know, for me, if I don't drink alcohol for a long time, and then I, you know, even if I, I have like a glass or two of wine, the next morning I'm groggy because my body just, you know, and so all those things, you know, have a huge effect. So coaches, this is just as important for you guys as, as it is for your athletes. So question two. And this is a question on sleep, Dean, and I know that you're a huge, huge sleep guy. So we know sleep is the best form of recovery. Do you guys, how do you guys feel about before school lifts? It's a great Boy, question. Um, Brian, that is an unbelievable question because we kind of battle that all the time. Yeah. What I understand is I, I'm a morning guy. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the, what's the personality of the person? I like to start my day with a workout. That to me, that starts my day out in a positive note right there. And I get the number one thing done that I feel is the most important thing for me. And that's getting a good workout for my body and for my brain. So that's me personally. Some people, I have friends that are not morning people at all. And so everyone's a little bit different. I think in a case of if you're going to lift in the morning, and I know some high schools, you don't have a choice. The right. weight room might be only available. I totally understand that. That's fine. Like they said, some of your best workouts will be in the morning. I just think you got to have a great warm up if you go early in the morning. 
yeah. you have to get you have to get them the juice going you have to get the everybody's energetic you got a sweat going the music's going everybody's you know ready to rock and roll there's a great culture and a great atmosphere to start your workout because it is difficult for a lot of kids to get going in the morning so i think that is huge the other thing i think you got to educate kids is if you're coming in the morning you got to go to bed earlier right yeah i I think some people say well you know it says eight hours of sleep is so important and you know we can't have morning practices and this and that i yeah you have to in certain situations you just got to educate them then and the whole day starts with eight hours of sleep you have to get eight hours of sleep. So if you're working out at six in the morning, are you getting eight hours of sleep? You got to put the phone away. You, you have to not be up on Netflix or watching TV. So it's got to be a priority for you. But I think both ways work well. Right. You know, we've had instances where kids get a great workout after school. You know, sometimes it's harder for kids after school. They're sitting in their seat. They don't get to move around much. The glutes are shut off. The hip flexors are tight. Same thing. I think it comes down to a great warm-up and setting the tone for a great workout. If you just expect to kind of go in there, I'm going to mope around, I'm going to do a few little warm-up exercises, and then go ahead and get a workout in, it's not going to work either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i a huge advocate for AM workouts for before school. I think it's the best, you know, I think it's the best thing for athletes. Um, get your body going, get you awake. Um, you, you know, I think you're more prepared for your school day. You know, I, I'm going to be real, real blunt here. A lot of times when coaches are advocating for not having morning workouts, it's because they don't want to get up and they don't, you know, so they'll use, they'll use sleep as an excuse for their athletes. When in reality, they just don't want to get out of bed um, as a coach, which that's fine. Just say you don't want to do that. You know, don't use sleep as an excuse because at the end of the day, if it's important enough to you, you'll do it. Yes. You know, if something's important enough to you, if getting eight hours of sleep is a priority in your program or something that you advocate for, then, you know, put your phone away and get to bed. Because at the end of the day, if I'm getting up at five, okay, and going to bed at nine, and you're getting up for school at 630 and going to bed at 1030, what's the difference? I just shift my day, you know? Um, because you know, and then you would be doing your workout after school where I now have the ability that I have an hour and a half to get my homework done. So I'd like the advantage of getting in, you know, getting something again on question one, make sure you have something that you'd like to eat. I know at want to keep, we have kids that make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the night before because they want to get up at the last possible second, which I'm good with. Because our rule is you have to have something, you know, to eat. So it's banana. And then we we ask them, what'd you have on your way here? Banana. What'd you have? Apple. What'd you have? Granola bar. What'd you have? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what I mean? Um, so prepare, you know, be be prepared. So if you're going to, you know, get up at five for a 5.30 or six o'clock workout, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the night before, you know, put things out on the counter. So when you get up, you walk out, you grab it. And there's nothing wrong with eating it in your car on the way. You don't have to eat it at home and you know, parents allow your kids to, to do that. And the other thing with AM workouts is you have to drink 16 to 30 ounce, 32 ounces of water before you start, right? We know that sleeping dehydrates the body. I mean, Dean, and I, Dean, you and I, I mean, older people, you know, older coaches, you know, talk about heart disease with, with, you know, with dehydration and things like that. The first thing you should do when you wake up is drink 16 ounces of water. I firmly believe that something Joe DeFranco talks about. 
Um, it, it's something that you, you and I have looked at. Um, you know, a lot of people that I that I talk to, that's the first thing they do. Gets their body going, gets the juices going, eat something, helps the digestive system. And again, you don't have to pound like a big thing of eggs and bacon or pancakes. Just eat something. But then the next step then is have something afterwards. Protein shake, another peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now you've you've had two feedings before 7.30. Now think about your metabolism. Think about building lean muscle mass. You know, now some kids, you know, in your case, Dean, maybe you get out of bed late, you're late for school. Now you don't eat anything. Oh, you forgot to pack something. Now you haven't eaten anything till lunch. So to me, having those AM workouts really gets the kids in the right mind frame for what they need to do. I get the sleep thing. Okay. And I understand there's going to be nights when the kids are up at 11. Um, They're kids. If they get six hours of sleep one night, you know, that's going to be what it is. You're going to have to deal with that. Um, But at the end of the day, when it comes to sleep, when it comes to some of the, pretty much everything we talk about in this podcast, Dean, if it's important enough to you, you'll do it. Okay. If you have the discipline, you'll do it. There's nothing wrong with going to bed at nine. Nothing really happens during the week after nine o'clock at night. Anyway, tombstone or, or Yellowstone's not on anymore. So you can't stay up to watch that. The Monday night football games are, are bad right now. Um, what, what else is there? You know what I mean? To, to do after nine o'clock. So I, I think, I think sometimes, you know, you read that people don't do AM workouts because of sleep. I think it's real, really more comes down to discipline in my, in my opinion. So um, question three, how do you evaluate your strength program after the season is over? Wins and losses? <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what Twitter would have you say teams that win and lose. So um, no, I, I mean, Dino, what, how do you guys go about evaluating your in-season program? You know, I, that's a great question. Just, I, I, hold on. Let's go overall program, right, for the whole year, right? In yeah, season you know, finishes. How do you guys evaluate the program after the season's over with? Well, that, that's good because I think the evaluation, the assessment process has got to be daily Any, anytime you're in a weight room. And I think that's the same way the sport coach has to be. They have to be assessing every practice. You know, what went well? What Where do we need to go? What are we emphasizing? All of that stuff I think is so important. But Obviously, in the strength program, you know, if you're going to evaluate something as numbers, you know, consistency, I think that's the first thing you got to look at. You know, we always like to say is the the weight room should be the most important part of a building and everybody belongs in that atmosphere. So the key is they got to be consistent in order to get results. So how consistent are our athletes? That is a big thing. And then two, are, 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 is there enough variety? Are we doing enough things to make sure we're making it fun? Because sometime in their life, their expiration date is over for being an athlete. But they'll always be an athlete as far as the rest of their life is taking care of their body, both their body and obviously their brain. So... They got to be keep getting there. They got to have some fun. They got to understand the educational process. I think from an evaluation standpoint, I always look at, you know, where are athletes getting injured? Is it contact? Is it non-contact? Is it, you know, shoulders? Is it knees? Is it, you know, specific body parts 
that we need to address in our program. I look at how many kids have started the season and ended the season and still continually start, for example, like in the game of football. Last two years, we've every starter started the first game and they played the last game. Wow. So that says a lot of how our program is. Now, you, obviously, there's a lot of luck because if we play right, right. enough sports, we can't prevent every injury, Brian. You know that. Everyone knows that. That's just what you sign up for when you do athletics. But I always look at, one, the best ability is their availability. Heard it. So they have to be available. So I think that is a big part of it as well and then are they jumping higher are they running faster are they putting lean muscle mass on is the specific thing that the athlete is trying to gain for a competitive advantage is it working for that person are that maybe are they trying to lose weight so they move better and bring their body fat percentage down are they trying to gain weight but what you are doing in the weight room is it making them better athletically to be able to perform the skills in the sports that they play or just the sport, if they're one sport athlete, to me, that is extremely, extremely important. But I think you got to look at coaches. If you're, if you're trying to build a weight program from, you know, you just get to a new school, you're trying to build, or you're trying to, you know, you're in the private sector is can people, are people coming back are what you giving them something that they understand that it's helping them and right. we know there is no quick fixes so you have to be consistent and you have to understand you have to be patient and you have to develop habits that you're going to continually do and then over time you're going to see some big results and we always say water it came from coach jones obviously we mentioned that several times but you have to consistently be in there and working out and kids want to have they want to be in there. It's funny after every season, our kids are knocking at the door to get back in. Right. And you think, well, you just had a nice long season, you know, but they love it. They want to get back in there. They know it helps them, it benefits them, and they are eager to get going again. And I think sometimes that in-season program and that off-season program are so much different that it excites them and it jacks them up. And they continually then set some goals for the next season. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that you have to look at is in the off season, like soft tissue injuries. Are you guys getting soft tissue injuries yes. when they're not in season? So if you are, now you're not addressing, you know, movement imbalances. Um, you, you might have too much volume in one place and not enough in another. I think I think soft tissue injuries are, are, are probably the biggest evaluator um, that you can make. And then also, you know, are they, it's pretty simple, right? Are they getting stronger and are they getting faster? You know what I mean? And, and when you start to put all those things together, I mean, that's, that's a winning formula for developing the right kind of culture and, and evaluating your program. Now, the thing you also have to remember is that you also, when, when you evaluate at the end of the year, you should be evaluating it for the next year. Yes. So where are some things that we need to get better at? Because if, if you, you know, I know this from dealing with you. Okay. You want a lot of state championships a lot. I mean, your, your fingers and toes are full of, full of rings. I don't think the program was the same the next year. Can't Never. be. Can't be. Never. You got a different group. 
you got guy. You you may have a, a more veteran group, so now you got to do some more auxiliary work to, you know, to, you've already built a great strength base. Maybe you got young kids, you got to put weight on them. So it's always changing. Like our philosophy with the conjugate method, you know, just because we have a system in place, that doesn't mean that exercises don't change. That don't mean that you're not you, you're cutting and pasting and moving things around. So I think as you do your postseason evaluation, that should lead you into your next year because at the end of the day. It should never be the same. So if those of you are using the same program you used last year, uh, at some point, someone's going to pass you by. And, excuse me, I think the last thing you said is, how many games are your starters starting? I think that that says it all right there. I mean, your starters are a starter for a reason, right? They're the best ones, you know, on your team, whether it's five in basketball, 11 in football, nine in baseball, um, you know, are your best kids in track running their best events? across the board. Okay. And if they're not, you have to evaluate why they're not. And again, you know, basketball, some kid could jump in the air, land on someone's ankle. You, you know, as good as I think we are as strength coaches, you can't prevent that. Now, hopefully they can recover quicker because of some of the work we've done, but we can't prevent that. So anything else on this one, Doug? Yeah. Yeah, One other thing with that, I think if you're, you know, supervising a weight room is, you know, there's lots of information out there. And everybody thinks, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. We just got to remember, if you add something, what are you going to remove? And then what is the best bang for your buck? So it all comes down to whatever you choose to do, make sure the athletes can execute it properly, which we always see technique before anything. And then understand that they have to understand the rhyme and reason, the method of madness of the program and what they are trying to get out of the program, whatever phase you're in. What do you, You're doing dynamic effort. Okay, what are you working on? We're working on rate of force development. You do everything fast and athletic. Maximal effort. What are you working on, guys? What are we trying? Hey, we're trying to get more horsepower. We're trying to get more top-end strength so we can move a lighter weight faster. I think it's very important kids understand that intent and what they are trying to get out of the exercise, that maybe the sets and rep scheme, what they're trying to do. So it translates to them how it's going to benefit them in sports. Cause let's be honest, not every kid loves to train as much as we want them to be able to love the weight room. Some kids don't love it. They love their sport skill. They love playing their sport but they don't love the weight room. So you have to convince those individuals, how is your strength program going to make them a better baseball player, a better volleyball player, a better soccer player, a better hockey player, whatever sport that they do. And I think once you educate them how this is going to make them better, then now you are going to make a huge difference with that. And that's a better buy-in for the athlete. And therefore your strength program is going to be much better. Well, and everything we've talked about, uh, understanding the why. Why are we training in the morning? You know, why Why am I changing my eating habits? Why, you know, why, if the athletes know why, okay, there's you, there's definitely a better chance you're going to have buy-in for them. And that's a great point to finish on, dog. Anything else? we got Fox Valley Throws coming up here in January. Yeah, January 7th. Yeah, there's, people are signing up like crazy. Just uh, of course they are. interested in becoming – a better thrower shot put discus. We do the glide. We do the spin. It's a great opportunity to get a head start on your 
competition and it'll lead right up to the end of February. And then right away in March track season starts in the state of Wisconsin. So we're super jacked up. We got great kids that come all the time. We got newcomers. We got beginners to advance. Anybody that wants to get better, get a head start on the season. It's an unbelievable opportunity. And we have a ball and we got so many great kids, Brian, that, that will be there. And a lot of friendships occur. That's a nice thing with the club. A lot of people from different schools meet other people and form friendships. And it's just awesome to have everybody help each other out. Well, if you want to be on the platform, he'll see you in January, if you know what I mean. You know, let's go. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Uh, Dog, always great sharing sharing some conversation with you on some of these great questions. We appreciate the questions. Uh, make sure you're shooting them to us in our Twitter you know, any of our Sports Advantage pages or Get Your Edge podcasts on Instagram, all those great things. We'll see you next time. Chop it! Chop it.